Welcome to this week's Pink Podcast. This week, Terry Sherman presents part two of the dynamic duel of customer service. So again, looking at goals, incident management, we looked at that fine. Uh, and yes, we have to understand that there are different levels to incident management. And again, one of the ways that I think you can tell you have a mature version of these two processes is if it's understood in your organization that when you escalate from the first level of incident management, you're not automatically escalating to problem management. You're not automatically escalating to fix something. You're escalating within incident management, you have different levels defined. And if the whole idea in incident management is that you're looking for that workaround, you're looking for that band-aid, well, the reason why you're escalating is because you can't find the right band-aid, but you're still looking for the band-aid. So you go to another level, you go to another band-aid drawer to look for the right band-aid. You go to, some, to, to another level of knowledge, perhaps, within the organization, another level of expertise that might know where the right band-aid is, just because you don't at your level. So another way that you can understand or another way that you can appreciate that you have some good you know, understanding of the maturity and the distinction between these two processes is if you understand the concept in incident management, that escalation doesn't mean you're escalating to fix, to do root cause analysis. Because you don't, in, within incident management, you don't automatically escalate to problem management. We can flag incident records. We can let problem management know we have an issue to deal with, but it's not automatic. We don't fix everything. We don't fix everything that presents itself as a disruption or an interruption to service. I have a really, I have a great example of this. Um, and some of you are probably familiar with this concept of spousal support. How many of you have spouses that use technology and you are his or her help desk? Right? They can call you. In fact, it's one of the reasons why I have to shut my cell phone off because my wife, uh, my wife figures she can call me anytime. And the, most of the calls that I get from my, from my end user wife, most of the calls I get have to do with the fact that the thing that she uses most frequently is her email. And of course, thank goodness, we use that very stable email program called Outlook. You know, never lets you down. That good one, right? So never has issues with, with her Outlook. So she'll call me that she has an issue. She, you know, something's going on. She can't get to her email. It's not working. And what do I tell her most of the time? What do I tell her to do? Reboot. I, t I, I talk her how to, how to get out of it, and then I say reboot. And what happens when my wife reboots and gets back into Outlook? But, but it works. Yes, she gets her email back. And my wife is happy. Oh, wait a minute. No, my wife should be happy. But my wife isn't happy because my wife is very intelligent and she always asks the question, why'd that happen? Yes, why did that happen? And is it ever going to happen again? Sorry, when are you going to fix it? Yeah. And I try to explain to her, I try to explain to her that, you know, Microsoft hasn't been able to figure this out, so how the hell am I supposed to figure it out? So, so what do I tell her, though? I tell her, look, honey, and here's our SLA. Honey, as long as, as, long as I keep telling you to reboot and it works, first time that doesn't happen, then I'll declare a problem. Then I'll do a little root cause analysis. But until the right circumstances come up, I don't declare a problem. And that's the way it works. When the circumstances dictate that it's time to fix something, or at least it's time to begin to investigate and figure out what needs to be fixed, then we do it. But problem management is a declared state. It's not an automatic condition. It's not, 
and you know, and again, it's, it's, it supports that idea of, react, of being proactive as opposed to reactive. Okay, so the goal of problem management, when you look at it there, yes, we want to find the errors that are, I think the key word in that is errors. We need to find the things that have gone wrong. And we do this by figuring out, number one, what, what, what went wrong, and number two, then figuring out how to fix it. So we do that. And uh, that's basically what that second part says. Okay, and there is, there is actually a, a very formalized proactive element in problem management that does these three things. In addition, to, in addition to figuring out how to fix stuff and fix it so all those incidents will go away, proactive problem management tries to, uh, it performs these three activities of trend analysis. It tries to figure out, because one of the things we have, you know, one of the most important decisions we make in problem management is not only, you know, what are we going to fix, but what are we going to fix next? You know, it would be nice if we lived in a world, it would be, wouldn't it be nice if our problems had good manners? You know, if the errors that occurred that caused the problems had good manners. In other words, I'm about to cause, you know, an issue. I'm about to cause an incident. I'm an error that's about to cause an incident, but oh, I think I'll wait before I do that because they're dealing with something else, and then I'll make myself, my presence known. Wouldn't it, yeah, if they had good manners, we wouldn't have this issue, but they don't. And what happens is at any given time, we're not just dealing with one error in the infrastructure, we're dealing with perhaps hundreds. And one of the most important decisions we need to make has to do with time and resource. What do we fix next? Of course, if we had unlimited time and resource, we wouldn't have to prioritize. But we prioritize so that we can figure out what, what do we fix next. And part of that prioritization comes out of the proactive element of, tr of trend analysis in problem management. Problem management is looking at saying, what do I need to devote resource and time and my brain power to to figuring out what needs to be fixed next. So problem management performs that trend analysis. They try to target some you know, very well-selected supportive ac uh, action in terms of also getting the most judicious use out of our resources and our time. And also proactive problem management steps back after we've fixed something and takes a look and says, well, how good a job did we do? You know, how well did we do it this time? What can we do better next time? Uh, and uh, what can we do to make sure perhaps this doesn't happen again? So there's a proactive pro uh, uh, aspect to problem management to this process. And there isn't really anything like this in incident management. So again, it's another way to, to distinguish between the two processes. So problems and known errors can be identified in all of those ways. In other words, this is giving you some idea about, uh, again, the difference between problem management and incident management, but it's also something that isn't as obvious when you look up there, and it's this. Where does problem management get the information that it's analyzing? It gets it from incident management. And it underscores, I think, one of the balances between these two processes. And of course, you know you're doing a good job when this sort of balance occurs. And it's this, it's the fact that incident management is there to gather data. I mean, yes, it's there to restore normal service as quickly as possible, don't ever forget that, and don't say Terry Sherman didn't say that during his presentation. But incident management is also out there to gather data. It's there to get information and to record it and put it into the incident record database. And here's one thing that I marvel at. Problem management spends most of its time with its fingers in the incident record database. Gathering data, looking, doing trend analysis, looking, putting all that together. And you know what? Incident management spends a lot of its time with its fingers in the problem record database looking for workarounds, 
looking for things that problem management has learned that can help them find the right Band-Aid quicker. So, you know, they do share the two databases, and that's another aspect of recognizing that you've brought your, your, these two processes to some level of maturity, and that's when you, when you have been able to have the, the people who have roles and responsibilities in each of those processes understand uh, how that works in terms of accessing the information on each other's database. So, or we can have, you know, provision, again, in terms of our service desk, which is the first level of incident management, some sort of access to a knowledge database. And also, we know we're doing a pretty good job in problem management and in terms of uh, uh, being able to identify problems and known errors. If we have a healthy relationship with our vendors, with the people from whom we purchase our hardware and our software, and they're actually letting us know that, yes, believe it or not, we are releasing this product and there's something wrong with it that might give you some issues. And actually, they're identifying the errors for us, the known errors, which we then can record in our database and uh, uh, deal with in terms of how they go out into our infrastructure. So again, when you have all of this kind of stuff going on, you know that you're beginning to do the things that incident and problem management should do. So just some basic maturity concepts. Some of them we've covered, but let's take a look at them again. Uh, Look, we know that problem management is figured out, that problem management is organized, our problem record database is organized in such a way that incident management can access, can get to that data, to the information in that database in an organized way. It's referenced through simple detectable triggers. And that idea of triggers, yes. Uh, we, again, incidents don't evolve into problems. Incident records don't evolve into problem records. But I can have, I need to put in place in a mature uh, a level of both of these processes, I need to have in place some way for incident management to let problem management know that we do not have a Band-Aid. And that's one of the most important pieces of information that incident management, in terms of its handoff, what it tells problem management about. We don't have an existing workaround. And what does that mean? It doesn't mean you have to jump up and fix this right away. It just means that on some level in our organization, some level of impact, some level of priority, someone is being unproductive, and we don't know how to make them productive again, even temporarily. And problem management needs to know about that. And we need to have in place the means for that to happen. And also, that regular inspection ensures the continued rel uh, relevance of documentation when things change. In other words, our technology changes, uh, the availability of external solutions, our business practice changes, our in-house skills, all of the stuff that's listed here changes, and we need to make sure that problem management is doing a good job of keeping up with all those things that are changing. So, that our problem, so one of the ways that we know we have some basic maturity going on is when our problem management process and incident management process are able to adapt to the other changing aspects of our organization. Uh, we've mentioned the importance of, yes, you're reviewing this, you're measuring it, you have some metrics in place, some KPIs identified that can help you tell whether or not you're achieving what you said you should achieve. And also in terms of staff training. And again, this is part of the awareness of do they understand the distinction between these two processes and do they understand uh, how to use the information that comes out of each of the two processes. And, of course, now we get down to the part where everybody focuses on right away. Do you have a suitable repository? Do you have a tool to help you do this? Don't rush into getting that tool too fast. But do you have a tool that helps you to do that? 
Okay, and also, incident management problem defined and established. Yes, that's an important basic concept. And also that they have clearly defined and understood goals and activities. I think we've stressed that enough. Thank you for listening to this week's Pink Podcast, part two of the Dynamic Duel of Customer Service by Terry Sherman. Please join us next week for part three.